Welcome to Recess Now, 5-Minute Bid. I'm Ralph Seymour. Today we're going to talk a little bit about capnography because I think capnography is uh, something that's very important to, to be used and buy-in for this um, this adjunct is is very important uh, in the emergency department in the ICU. I don't see the buy-in um, typically as much as I'd like to because it's usually uh, has always been um, a um, pre-hospital type uh, adjunct, but I think you know to to really get buy-in, you you sort of have to understand how it helps you. So capnography really helps me understand a lot of different things, um, and uh, it gives me dynamic information that changes from minute to minute uh, with respect to uh, the patient's uh, ventilatory status. So I, I like it a lot. I use it for a variety of different things. I use it during cardiac arrest, not only to confirm my endotracheal tube, because it's the gold standard there. If you get a continuous waveform on your monitor, it's it, it's it's impossible to to have that waveform sustain itself if you're in the stomach. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. So you, I use it as the gold standard of tube confirmation. Dare I say, better than anything else that you can clinically use. I love capnography for that. I think it's the best thing that we got going. All right, now. Um, what is the uh, capnography uh, waveform showing us? Well, basically, the way I look at it is basically you're blowing up, the patient is blowing up the waveform with their exhalation. So every waveform that you see is basically CO2 being removed and being registered as a waveform and a corresponding number. Okay, now I'm going to talk about a couple of different things. I'm going to talk about how to use the waveform and how to use the number. There are a we could go way, way, way into this if we wanted to, but I'm just going to tell you how I do it. And, you know, if you know more, you know, um, that's great because the more you know about something, the better off you are. But I can, I can tell you that I use the waveform, um, for a lot of things. Number one, it reliably gives me a respiratory rate so that I can rule out patient having bradypnea and I can evaluate the patient having tachypnea. Now, as I said, when you're blowing that wave form up. The patient is blowing that waveform up. Sometimes if they're obstructive or if they have obstructive pathology, they actually can have that waveform look more like a shark tooth because air is having trouble getting out. And if you can imagine that when air is having trouble getting through a constricted um, uh, type airway, it's going to kind of shark tooth itself uh, to a point. So that does make sense. So patients that have like a shark uh, tooth or a shark fin uh, type wave um, as you know for their continuous capnography waveform, uh, a lot of times there is obstructive pathology like asthma or COPD. Um, do with that information what you will. I, you know, I don't get that much out of it, but it's something to take to uh, bear in mind. Um, the other thing that I use capnography for is cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest, really, uh, to understand how your CPR is and how well the patient is doing, or not well for that matter, is understanding that blood needs to move round and round the body in order uh, to get any meaningful perfusion, certainly to the brain, but around the body. In order to understand how much metabolism, oxygen delivery, and metabolism as a result of that oxygen delivery, you will get a number. And numbers that are 
lower than 20 aren't going to lend themselves to very much blood moving round and round. So we can, we can definitively say that we, during cardiac arrest, we really want to see a number greater than 20. And a number greater than 20 or a sudden spike to a number greater than 20, certainly 30 or 40, could lend you to start believing that there could be ROSC. Okay, so that's the other thing. Blood moves round and round, and end-tidal CO2 capnography is going to help you identify how well it's doing it. On the other side of the spectrum, when you have uh, a capnography number, a, a, a CO2 less than 10, now you know your blood's not moving round and round well at all. There's hardly anything going on. There's hardly any cellular respiration going on. And that gives you a good idea that things are going badly and maybe it's getting close to the time to terminate efforts okay so those are things that i want you to understand i use capnography for all of my conscious sedations i use capnography in cardiac arrest i use capnography continuously on anybody with a respiratory problem if i can because i know one thing it's not the absolute number or the waveform that's helping me in real time it's the trend of those things over time that are going to help me. Now, I know that if I start somebody out and I get a, uh, a CO2 level of 30, uh, that's what my baseline is. And you can also get a gas to kind of see where it correlates because um, entitled CO2 and PaCO2 are not going to correlate exactly. Okay, sometimes they do, but they're not going to correlate exactly. So I don't want that to be your expectation. But here's where it helps. Your Entitled CO2 number is going to be what your PaCO2 is at least. So what does that mean? That means that if my uh, entitled CO2 number is 48, I know my PaCO2 is at least 48. Could also be 100, but it's definitely not less than 48. That's what you can take home with you. So you know that you can use that number, even though it's not 100% correlative uh, to the PaCO2, you can use that number as a dynamic marker of how the patient is doing. So if they start out at 45 and you're monitoring them and that number continues to creep up to 50 and then 55 and then 60, those numbers actually PaCO2-wise on the gas might be considerably higher than that, but it doesn't matter. You know the patient in real time with your eyes is getting worse. So that's how I use it. I use it as a dynamic marker of how my patient is ventilating. And I think that everybody should use it that way. Use it for tube confirmation. Use it during cardiac arrest. Use it with patients that have respiratory vol- uh, problems and, to, and use it as a dynamic marker of change. Understanding that that number that you get isn't an absolute uh, number that's going to correlate, but it is what your PaCO2 and arterial blood is at least. So that's what I wanted to drive home there. This is Ralph Seymour, and we talked about capnography.